Welcome to the X-Men Files, a podcast where Inessa and Brian talk about the X-Men comics. He's reading them again as an adult, she's reading them for the first time. So grab your back issues out of their Mylar bags, and let's talk about the greatest comic book series ever, the X-Men. Welcome back, I'm Brian. And I'm Inessa. Uh, and we've got a recap that we're just going to dive right into. This is the X-Men Files, <coughs> where we do uh, uh, teamwork recaps. <coughs> Excuse me. So after you're done coughing... Sorry, I don't know where that came from. Uh, that came from that Chewy Chips mm-hmm. Ahoy that you're reading, I think. That I didn't share with you. That's fine. I didn't share the uh, the frozen reheated dumplings that I made for lunch, <laughs> so there's plenty of blame to go around. <clears throat> uh, we, right. we, 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 I don't want to give people the idea that like we're constantly hoarding food from each other. <laughs> I mean, we're only sometimes hoarding food from each other. We're never hoarding food we're from each other. We're never hoarding food from each other. Like, I just made some dumplings because of I, the timing. I thought that I was going to be done eating them at the time we got home. <laughs> secretly eating them before no, I got home. No, it wasn't secretly eating them. I just... <laughs> anyway, in between, you know, writing this recap and, and washing the uh, the sheets. Mm, I, doing I, your I, homework. I'm, I'm up to a lot of shit, right? Yeah. Okay. Anyway, I, I, gave just, you, I gave you one of the dumplings. I was just eating a bagel. And drinking some coffee. Exactly. And, you know, improving my Jewish education. I I don't need any improvement to my Jewish education because I have all of the Jewish education that I care to have. Actually, that's not true. I wouldn't mind learning more, but uh, I'm not going to make a project out of it. All right. uh, Enough of that. You'll sort of slowly absorb it over time or continue to slowly absorb it over time. Yeah. Yeah. I I know. uh, I know what the word aliyah means. Mm. That's uh, that's a step up. Mm -hmm. You're doing a good job. Yeah, thanks. Okay. <laughs> Your coughing has subsided. Uh, the uh, Chewy Chips Ahoy is like down the hatch and no yeah. longer a danger. So you started off writing the recap, I and did. then while you were uh, doing all that Hebrew stuff, uh, I finished up the recap. So we're, we're, this is like a, a recap relay. Mm-hmm. I will hand you that you'll start off with the baton, then you'll hand it over to me, and away we go. Okay. Released in February 1986, Uncanny X-Men issue 202 is called X-Men, I've Gone to Kill the Beyonder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Carry on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep that first sentence structure. You changed that around. I, I did. I Well, I improved it. You did a little bit. Okay. <laughs> this issue starts with one of those covers that I ignore at first because I often forget to look at the art. In it, the X-Men are fighting Sentinels and looks like giving them a fair fight. We open with a film strip projected Rachel in her Hunter Phoenix costume telling Rogue that she has decided to go kill the Beyonder. Mm-hmm. I guess this isn't clear from the text, but seems clear from the title. Rogue reports it to Storm, and they all gather in Storm's loft to discuss Storm. Where? Rogue reports it to Storm, and they all gather in Storm's loft this to discuss. This is what you wrote. I know. Okay. I didn't. I told you when okay. I wrote it, and yeah. then I left that yeah. I hadn't had a chance to reread it. Okay. Uh, Storm wearing high heeled slippers, as one does. Kitty and Logan are also wearing slippers, and they match. Aww. <laughs> the X Men meet and seem divided on how big a deal this is. Storm feels <clears throat> responsible. Wolverine thinks they should just let wish her well and let her get on with it. They decide to use Cerebro to find her, and Logan takes a dig at Magneto for weakening Cerebro's powers with his magnetic trickery. Magneto tells him to watch his fool mouth, <laughs> and then Logan is just about to challenge him to a penis measuring contest when they all get a blip on Rachel. Suddenly, they're not sure if Rachel is merely crazy or is actually Phoenix. Next, we move on to the birth or genesis or um, arrival of the Beyonder, who looks like the mean jock boyfriend in an 80s movie. <laughs> His stated purpose is to heal people so that they will achieve their full potential. Sounds good, but also sort of sounds like that mean boyfriend saying, I just want to make you feel good, baby, before <laughs> raping someone. 
<laughs> Rachel shows up with a big boom and achieves nothing. The Beyonder just can't be killed, and he engages in some repartee on page nine. He and Stilton English, and her using weird slang, like Buster and Chum. And now I'm handing it over to you. Okay. Okay. Oh, I grabbed the baton. <clears throat> Unable or unwilling to kill one another, and with 16 pages of comic to fill, Beyonder opts for some mindfuckery. She's transported to the New York of her past, i.e. the future, and Rachel gets to watch her friends die yet again. There are lots of words about Rachel feeling ashamed about surviving while the others bought it, which is probably true. But that's enough of a head game for Biondo. He offers her the chance to kill him in a weird invocation of the trolley problem. <laughs> she gains loads of power from the Beyonder and may use it to kill him or, or save her teammate. Right. Well, the needs of the many outweigh, etc. Storm finds herself above San Francisco Bay in the Blackbird and is immediately forced to deal with a future Omega series, Sentinel. Decades before Iron Man appeared in theaters, Storm knows that the best way to take out a metal killing machine is by leaving the Earth's atmosphere. She goes full Chuck Yeager at the end of the right stuff, and sure as you're born, the Sentinel freezes. Now she only needs to save herself as the Blackbird tumbles back to terra firma. At that same time, Magneto was tangled with a Sentinel in one of many references to San Francisco place names, this time the Embarcadero. Mm-hmm. He's squaring off with one of those ceramic sentinels and getting his ass kicked and mummified. Rogue tries to help, but winds up getting most of her clothes blasted off of herself. She gets touched by a large crowd of people, literally scores, and she absorbs loads of unwanted thoughts. She's out for now. Wolverine comes to her rescue and dives behind a sentinel's head, scratching it to ribbons while the sentinel makes a robotic surprise face. <laughs> He gets tossed to the pavement like a sack of crap, and now Rachel comes to his rescue. She uses her Beyonder-given powers for good and flies Wolverine and Magneto to safety. Wolverine goes slashity-slash on the Sentinel, and Magneto does some clever magnet-centric manipulation. That was more alliterative than I'd planned on. Mm. Not able to move the Sentinel to the upper atmosphere, he brings the atmosphere to the Sentinel, rescuing Storm in the process. More or less naked rogue blasts through a sentinel and takes them out of a action. Meanwhile, Colossus and Kitty, I mean Ariel, I mean Shadowcat, are taking on another sentinel. I've forgotten all about Ariel. Some fleet deployment of phasing power allows Colossus to stab the robot with a lamppost, and then Rachel slash Phoenix finishes it off. Quite a while later, Rachel has a final talk slash slap with the Beyonder. He's wearing his sensitive naked man face and says that what's really bothering her <laughs> is her unbalanced inner self and guilt or some other horse shit. Rachel tells him that in order for therapy to be effective, the patient has to put in the work. You can't just snap your fingers and have someone get cured. Oh, and also, you're an asshole, Beyonder. I think we should see other people. There we go. Uh, All right, thoughts? I thought it was, I thought it was okay. Yeah. Yeah. I thought I got a little lost in the, with the fighting. It was, you know, okay. that was, that's a thing that I often dislike. And so yeah. even rereading it, because I actually read it a few days ago and I started writing the recap last night before I fell asleep. Yeah. Um, you were up so late last night. I mean, you, you, you were reading this and, and there were all those other things that you were doing too. There were no other things. I was asleep like at before nine. <laughs> nine. Yeah. <laughs> I was, <laughs> you guys were watching TV. I went upstairs yeah. uh, partially because I wanted to do this and I got about three paragraphs in before nothing made sense anymore and yeah. uh and i went to sleep and then the child woke me up at 
three when she came upstairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah I heard uh, her yeah. Uh, get upstairs. Uh, I heard her stand up and yeah. go upstairs. Uh, um, I, I she actually momentarily frightened me because when she yeah. came, I was like, heard someone coming up the stairs. Mm-hmm. And then when she came in the into the doorway, like I could see that it wasn't you, but like right. my brain did not compute a yeah. person of that size living in my house. <laughs> uh, and yet we yeah. do have someone of that size <laughs> yeah. living in our house. It's, it, our, it's yeah. astonishing. Our daughter is nearly as tall as you are. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's bizarre. Yeah, she's an adult size yep. woman person. <laughs> but it did give me a little bit of like, a, ah! who's that? Yeah, oh, yeah. it's the girl. Right. Yeah. Um, anyway. With respect to the fighting, I uh, actually found the fighting in this one really coherent. I, I yeah. actually I, I enjoyed it. Hmm. I was going to say when I started looking at it again this morning, even just now while I was yeah. eating lunch, it was like when the weather like I sort of lost the plot there. There's the thing. There was yeah. the cyclone. Who was causing that? It yeah. was not clear to me. Uh, it couldn't have been storm. Right. And so I got a little lost in the fighting. Okay. Uh, I mean, fair, yeah. uh, but, but, but I fear even though I'm about 180 degrees uh, from where you are yeah. on this, this is this is one of my favorite fight scenes, like, like in quite some time. Hmm. Uh, it, it all uh, it, it, it had a nice kind of episodic uh, structure, which is what you'll usually see in a fight scene in a film. Mm-hmm. You'll have these sort of like beats of. Um, uh, they're not really see well yeah it is a scene mm-hmm. but you have like all of these cuts and, and you'll have about three or four different threads running like think about the the fight scene at the airport in civil war yeah right you've got the fight scene which is really like three or four micro fights yeah, micro fights <laughs> and this was that kind of deployed in in a comic there yep. have been other times where that sort of parallel structure doesn't happen and you know, the linear fights are like, ugh, you know, this happens and then this happens. This right, happens. This happens it, yeah. It's like listening to True. it's like listening to a ten year old describe the movie, <laughs> which is just <laughs> tedious. And then and then. So this was um, uh, handled better. Better than that. That's fair. Yeah. That's, uh, maybe I just didn't have the attention span That's cool. to yeah, yeah. reread all the word bubbles. Yeah, you were burning the nine o'clock oil, so there's no guarantee. <laughs> very, that you very were any, tired yeah. from being married to you. Wow, <laughs> what? Very... That, that came kind of from out of nowhere. Um, all right, well, yeah, well, uh, you'll get plenty of rest on the uh, spanking clean sheets that I wash Aww, for you every week. You do, I suppose, to atone for the tedium that no, you have to put no, up with I'm when just, I'm not I doing just, uh, the housework. And I was just kidding. Just kidding. Okay. So you and the kids were watching TV. And I came upstairs. It was very yeah. quiet and dark, and I was sleepy I was because nurturing downstairs. You were nurturing them. <laughs> you were giving them the good nurturing. Yeah, nurturing them by uh, having uh, having all of us watch Alias, <clears throat> which is the sort of nurturing that I like to get behind. And The Office and The Simpsons. Yeah, but um, yes, but they were going to do that anyway. Yeah. Like, they, they do that of their own accord. Um, the uh, sort of the Faustian pact that I'd made with them is we'll watch The Simpsons and then The Office and then. Did you actually Alias. make it up for two episodes of Alias? No, none of us did. Uh, we got through one episode. They were cashing out, I think, at the end of the first episode. Yeah. And I fell asleep pretty quickly after the mm-hmm. second one started. Um, yeah, so I guess that was my. I mean, I, I, I didn't dislike this one. Yeah. Um, and I didn't particularly. It's not that I didn't like it. Yeah. It's just that a lot of it felt like filler. Um, yeah. And yeah. I was trying to, I need to go back and I needed to have gone back and like 
we haven't seen the Beyonder yet, or we have, or he was only sort of we implied. We saw the Beyonder once, uh, which is footnoted in 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 this text. Um, yeah, we we saw him like like 196, 197. He has a um, brief exchange with Rachel in a deli. Right. He has like really weird English. And then, yeah. and then what happens in that one? And then Nimrod is is robbing the yeah is walking on the street yeah, and, yeah. and that's also the, the issue where we're reintroducing Magneto right. And I can't remember again because I should have looked into this more. The relationship between the Beyonder and Nimrod, like what are they? There's no relationship between them. They just happen to always end up at the same place at the same time. Uh, they didn't even do that in this issue. Hmm. <laughs> weird (laughs) try again (laughs) yeah uh the beyonder is the most problematic element of this issue right um why is rachel pissed off at the beyonder we don't know we don't know because that is something that happened in secret wars secret wars 2 yeah i started reading secret wars 2 and and I, I like three issues in. Uh, I just need to like sit down and get through all of it. Um, you know, find, carve out the space when I'm not not doing homework or some shit. Um, it is pretty wild. Mm. <laughs> um, this is. I don't know what's going on with uh, Jim Shooter at this point. So the first Secret Wars is it's pretty mediocre, right? It, you know, I'm already on record about being a Jim Shooter apologist, right? <laughs> not necessarily because of the strength of his writing right (laughs) um so the secret wars is like pretty you know Mm -hmm. it's 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 like uh saturday morning cartoon level writing Mm -hmm. which isn't the worst thing i I enjoyed saturday morning but yeah i see what you mean yeah Yeah, secret wars 2 is like saturday morning cartoon like written by David Lynch or, something, or William Burroughs. It's just, it's, and, and I'm, again, I'm only like three issues into it. How like, many issues is it? I, I'm not sure. It's, it's like eight or 12 or some shit. And all the X-Men are in it or only Rachel or none of them. You don't know. Okay. It, it it's all matter. about the, the Beyonder comes to the earth. Right. To, Beyonder is a boring bad guy. He's, well, he's not necessarily a bad guy. I mean, he's an antagonist, right. which is not quite the same thing. He's a boring guy. He's a boring guy. Yes, I will give you that. Yeah. Um, I think that Shooter and here Claremont trying his level best as well. I think they want the Beyonder to play some heavier philosophical role here. Mm, but basically, he just seems like the rapist boyfriend. Yeah. Definitely in this one. Yeah. <laughs> and and in the others, actually kind of also. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I, I think that. They desperately want this to be. I'll say they, but I'll, I'll say like he, Jim Shooter. will say, I think he desperately wants this to be like a sort of a fifties, sixties uh, sci-fi thing where we're using science fiction to like explore humanity, to explore mm-hmm. morality. Um, I think that's the objective. Yeah, they definitely don't hit the mark on that because like, to me, he just seems like some guy that has like an infinite amount of power. Yeah, nothing can kill him. And so who cares? <laughs> like, it's just... Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, there's an absence of stakes. Yeah. Because it's like, like a, oh, gosh, I sure hope the Beyonder understands what it's like to be human. There's about a billion other species in the goddamn galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're, we're not special. 
Yeah. Uh, but even if that weren't the case, even if we thought that humanity is special, gosh, I, you know, and then the Beyonder is going to become human, and then what? Right. Uh, why does, uh, you know, why do we care about that? Uh, unless there are other people there who, who are affected by it. So far in Secret Wars 2, it, no. Right. Uh, unless, like, the Molecule Man is someone that, uh, that we're all rooting for. Um, and then, so, Rachel is not, we're, we are yet to see another Phoenix. Yeah, it's interesting. As I was writing this recap, I wasn't sure whether I'm meant to be calling her Rachel or Phoenix. Right, because if... I, if, I think that eventually her character is is labeled Phoenix. But... But not in this issue, I don't think. But the... the so... When Scott Summers gets back together mm-hmm. with Phoenix. With Jean Grey. With Jean Grey. Jean Grey is not the Phoenix. This Jean... was John okay. Byrne, uh, courtesy of uh, 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 Kurt Busiek. John Byrne goes to great pains to say that the Phoenix and Jean Grey are two separate entities. Okay. That would, because it's like, wait a second. If this is her and that's also her and she gets oh, wait, together. You're using pronouns there. If, this, if, if, if Rachel is... Phoenix, Phoenix yes. and then somehow becomes Jean Grey also. Then Why would Rachel become Jean Grey? I don't know. That's what Jean Grey and Phoenix are distinct. Right. Well, I, I right. know that now, but okay. I didn't yeah. three seconds ago. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah. Then when Scott Summers gets back together with her, he's like dating his own daughter from another world. Wait, wait, wait no, I'm confused. Scott Summers is, is dating Jean Grey. Will be. Yes. Right. Why is Jean Grey Scott's daughter? Well, she's not, but if 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 there Rachel was Rachel some... is correct. Yeah. So yeah, I was just Scott's not dating Rachel, right? Okay. And good. <laughs> All right. It I was... think I think I think maybe you misspoke a moment ago. No, I didn't misspeak. It was just it was like who. So I knew that. Okay. I, I'm, I'm trying not to be a dick. Phoenix I, is, I... A, is a is a character that continues in this story outside of Jean Grey. Jean Grey is another person, a different person who comes it's back. It's actually slightly more complicated okay. than that. But I just don't want a scenario where Scott Summers is somehow dating his daughter. You needn't because have Because Jean any... Grey has been Phoenix and now Rachel is Phoenix. Yeah, you needn't yeah. have... Scott never wanted to date Phoenix. Okay, I'm just saying. <laughs> right. Okay. All right. So it's actually slightly more complicated than that. Phoenix is a, a, a kind of... Uh... Bird. <laughs> yeah, you're being a dick. <laughs> Phoenix is, is a sort of a, a cosmic entity. Okay. That has a significant amount of power. Not unlike the Beyonder. Right. Uh, or not unlike uh, like Galactus. I mean, Galactus has... Uh, he's, he's tangible and whatever and, and, and has like maybe something that we, we could say is a brain... Phoenix is a, a very powerful entity. Okay. Phoenix inhabited, well, Phoenix encountered Jean Grey. Okay. And assumed her gotcha. form and personality. Uh, Phoenix, the cosmic entity, died on the moon in X Men number one thirty seven. Okay. Meanwhile, Jean Grey is uh, at the bottom of uh, you know the Hudson. We River know that. Or, yes. Yeah. Okay, we'll cool. soon find that. So, out. okay, Rachel, um. I, I gotta go back and read it to yeah. make sure of it. Like she held the uh, the, uh, the, the emotional uh, marble, <laughs> <laughs> but but that Claremont might be teasing something here. But I don't know that that has anything to do with 
Phoenix the Cosmic Entity. Okay. Meanwhile, I'm pretty sure that they're going to start referring to Rachel as Phoenix, as her code name. Okay. All right. So Phoenix can mean more than one thing. One, it can okay. mean the Cosmic Entity. Right. It can be the code name for Rachel. It can also refer to a city in Arizona. Also a bird. Also a bird. <laughs> uh, not an actual bird, mind No, a, a mythological bird. bird. A mythological yes. bird. True. Yes. True. Yeah. The only one of those things that's real is Phoenix, the city in Arizona, yeah. a place that I visited last year. I can't understand why anybody would voluntarily live there. <laughs> who, who would put a city here? Yeah. yeah even though like a good friend of mine uh, did move there, uh, she and her husband moved there because they like it so much. Mm. <laughs> I don't get it. They seem happy. Yeah, or she seems happy. I didn't see her husband. Yeah. The, All right. Yeah, yeah, they're probably happy. All right. Phoenix. That's Phoenix. Okay. All right. I understand now. Okay. Yeah. All right. We we got there. Yeah. I mean, I, like, I, so, I sort of knew that, but I guess I hadn't, yeah. like, fully thought that through. And since I knew that Jean Grey was going to come back, and I knew, and now there's this, this, this sort of Phoenix-like entity, so all of a sudden it just seemed like, is this going to sort of merge into one weird storyline? Oh. The answer is um, no. Yeah, yeah. Jean Grey yeah. is out of scope. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, certainly in the pages of the X-Men. She's cool. the uncanny X-Men. She's out of scope. Secret Wars 2 is bonkers. And uh, there we are. Yeah. So one thing that I, as I was just rereading it at lunch, one thing that I sort of, I don't know, maybe didn't find notable, but we do have all this time to fill. Yeah. Is that... We do. Yeah, we got about another 20 minutes <laughs> yeah. to kill here. Is that, uh, you know, when they were like at the, at the subway station and... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Magneto's like, we need to get all these people out of here yeah. before we, you know, continue with this fight. And, and you know, Logan, who's a sort of, seems like he kind of keeps trying to, trying to taunt him into a, mm-hmm. an escalation, um, was like, oh, now you care about, uh, you know, people. And his, his answer was like kind of, I thought, clever, because it wasn't like, mm-hmm. it wasn't like, yes, I care about people. It was like, well, if I'm going to do this, then I'm, you know, I've, I've agreed to play by your rules or sort of by humanity's rules, yeah. which I thought was, uh, you know, he could have just said yes or, you know, whatever. Fair nothing. point. Yeah. Uh, fuck him. Yeah. yeah. Um, period. And I also love that slap at the end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like you see a lot of that, like, Batman and Robin meme with that slap, but... Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This one is a is a better one. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna look at it again. Actually, um, the the yeah, nice one. Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. Um, but I guess the thing before okay, is like I I like yeah. Magneto in this issue. I I, I agree with yeah. you. Um, he, he's, I like that character altogether. Yeah. Yeah. The, the way that he's kind of slowly uh, becoming more present is is interesting. Yeah. Uh, we're not reading the New Mutants. Okay. Uh, at the same time, well, here. but I, I think that he's a little bit more visible in the mm. New Mutants. I didn't actually read these. Well, I'm not reading the X Men at this time. Like, like I read this issue for the first time, like today. Today, yeah, because uh, I didn't read it as a kid. We're we're about caught up to when I was uh, right, back in the X Men. Yeah. Yeah. So I wasn't reading uh, New Mutants at this time, uh, and we're not doing that either. I'm kind of keen to go back uh, uh, and do that. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm curious to see what happens in the. And the next one looks like we see the Beyonder again, or still, because he's like yeah. on the cover, and uh, I hope yeah. he's a little less boring and rapey. And uh... can, can can we just uh, I his look on the uh, the upper right hand corner? Yeah, there, uh, <laughs> this is like the, the final page in the issue. But 
what's really bothering you. <laughs> yeah. And uh, just, just for those, uh, for the both of you that are listening out there, <laughs> one of one of three or four of our uh, legions of uh, regular uh, fans, listeners, yeah. uh, sensitive naked man. In case you're not familiar with the reference, uh, it's a Rob Schneider character from like one Saturday Night Live skit from the early '90s, where yep. he plays a dude who's naked. <laughs> yeah, and people will say to him like, "Hey." what's with the nakedness why don't you put some clothes on and he'll say what's, what's really, really bothering, bothering you and then of course something is and then until finally he says what's really bothering you and someone says you're naked put some clothes on all right so sensitive naked man uh, sensitive naked yeah. man face yeah. yep um i don't know that i have a whole lot else oh, no. about what this one i didn't about? do any of my usual you know used to be usual research, uh, research stuff yeah. what did uh, what did powell say about this one don't know <laughs> really, really <laughs> not going to die well today. Yeah. Really not. Hey, we got we had the recap, so that was something. That exactly. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. a that's a. And good, you can see how much it takes out of us to write the recap. Good first step. You brought the Powell book downstairs yesterday, so I was optimistic. I was catching up with the issue two hundred one uh, thoughts and in, in, in yeah. the Powell book. They had a lot to say about the issue two hundred one. I looked at that a little bit too. That was great stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Powell largely tracks with, or we <laughs> were parroting Powell last yeah. week about um, uh, Scott's dickishness in, in that issue. Uh, Claremont kind of playing the hand that's dealt with him. But the the, the thing that I'd forgotten, because I had, I had actually read that once before, there was someone who has a different take on um, issue 201, yeah. which is that Cyclops is concerned that he's not cut out for fatherhood for um domesticity and him challenging Araro for team lead is is kind of a way to address those insecurities by what thinking that he would win and, and that would prove that he was cut out for fatherhood something like that i i i, I can't i can't close the loop on that because i don't have the thing in front of me but uh it, it, it is a very interesting read hmm. um a much more much more sympathetic read um than, than oh, my read, interpretation right, right. which is well i mean my read wasn't is, that claremont's he... like okay you want to ruin this character i will help you yeah yeah well my read yeah. wasn't that he was i mean to some extent it was that he thought that i mean the, from the care not from the yeah. commercial perspective but from the character's perspective that he was like you know having anxiety about his ability to to be a father yeah. you know the yeah. best way to prove that you know the best way to 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 deal with your anxiety about being a father is to, you know, fuck off and prove everybody, <laughs> prove everybody sure, right, right about uh, the fact uh, that you're an asshole and yeah. an unfit father. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. They had a whole thing in there about how, how, you know, they were, they were meant to let, you know, Scott Summers kind of retire and, and, yeah. and grow up and leave the team. And that, you know, uh, not only from a, again, commercially that kind of opened the door to them introducing new characters, and all that, but also just showed, you know, that everybody grows up, you know, and yeah. that ideally, you know, would like, did you, did we think that we would, re you know, still be reading the X-Men in 20 years and Kitty would still be 13 years old? Right, you right. know, why doesn't Kitty get to grow up yeah, or whatever? Yeah, when she get to be yeah. like 50. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, maybe next week I'll read this past week's Powell. Yeah, Kitty, Kitty does grow up, uh, but then she's sort of like frozen in time as being... I guess early thirties, like mm -hmm. every other for, uh, for uh, every other yeah. superhero. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't think I have anything more on this issue. I don't think I do either. Uh this issue is one of those 
it's like the coffee that you bought like 45 minutes ago. You still got some left in the cup. You're going to drink it anyway. <laughs> it's not bad, but like, it's not good. It's not great. Uh, yeah. So it's an in-between thing. We're, we're, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens um, next week. I'm, mm. I'm stoked for seeing, hopefully seeing a little bit more Magneto. Mm. Uh, what's going to happen with that? It, it is exciting. I will say, um, you know, today's is like maybe not amazing, uh, but it is exciting to be reading these things for the very first mm-hmm, time. I've mm-hmm. uh, got a little bit of, um, what do you call? Uh, yeah, dramatic irony, I guess. I, like I know some of the stuff that's coming down the pike, but um, filling in this gap has been uh, pretty fun. Right. Yeah. Now we're now we're no longer you know rereading something from your childhood and me reading it for the first time. Now we we're are, both reading it. We're both reading it for the at first the same time. time. Yep. Yeah. Uh, what else have we been watching? I think I might be coming in quiet. I've been huh. listening to some of these, and, and actually, your voice is uh, fantastic and coming in loud and clear, but huh. I'm occasionally quiet. Weird. What else is going on? Uh, not a lot, man. What oh, else? oh, you know what? Um, what else right. did we watch? Well, pop culture. We saw a couple of episodes of Lost on Friday. Yep. Nothing to add there. Uh, took one of our children to the movies on Thursday night. Yeah, when I asked him what it was about, he said something about pirate ships in the sky or maybe yes. space, and that was all I got out of him. That's most of it. Yep. Um, that was <laughs> so. The movie was Uncharted, and. It's fantastic. It's one of these where you look at Rotten Tomatoes, critical consensus is like 30%. Right. Fresh. Dog shit. Audience, 90. Yeah. Fun. Good times. It's very common for people to say, well, that's always the critics. That's actually not all that typical. Right. If you look at Rotten Tomatoes, there's a lot of consistency. And there are going to be some where the critics love it and the audiences hate it. Mm -hmm. There there are going to be disconnects. And I, I find that fascinating. This is one where... Uh, I, I mean, I a movie like this, I grade on a curve. Mm-hmm. Like it's fun. It was fun. Right, it was, it was, it was good. Fun, it was yeah. good to be. It was good to get out of the house. Um, eat popcorn. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was great. Um, it, it cleared the pretty low bar that I had for it. And having said that, it was it was like at best a B minus. Who movie. was in it other than Tom Holland? I don't even Mark know. Mark Wahlberg. Oh yeah. Uh oh god, uh, his uh, Antonio Banderas. Mm-hmm. Tony Banderas, who looked as though he had been like popping Benadryl on set, he was just narcoleptic uh, uh, performance. Uh, um, I mean, Banderas is not somebody that like he's not my go-to thespian necessarily, right. yeah. but he'll usually like, get a good night's rest yeah. <laughs> before he comes yeah. out to act. Yeah. Uh, so so spot on there. Uh, Tom Holland and uh, Mark Wahlberg, um, they were okay. Yeah. There, there's a woman actress. I don't know her name. Uh, she was actually quite good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I should trouble myself to learn. learn. Her name. She's not been in loads of other stuff. Like, like, uh, but um, uh, we're learning the range of Tom Holland's uh, American accent. Yeah. <laughs> I was actually just going to ask. Sounds a lot was... like Peter Parker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, fair man. I, yeah. yeah. I. Look, man, I can't. Yeah, <laughs> I can't act with a. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't any, do a whole movie with British any other accent, accent other than so, the exact accent that I currently yeah, easy have. Easy for me yeah. to uh, to mock that, yeah. that dude who's. Yeah. Uh, okay. He should do more stuff in his regular accent. Honestly, I've, I don't think I've ever heard Tom Holland speak with a British accent. He uh, uh what's it called? The uh, uh, Lost City of Zed. Yeah, but he was just like a young kid in that, wasn't he? Yeah, but whatever. Yeah. He and he, he doesn't show up until the very end. But yep. uh, it is him and his accent. Uh, yeah, I I agree. I mean, uh, I don't yeah. see why not. Yeah, he should do. You know, there there are plenty of American actors that can act American things. Tom Holland should stop taking our jobs, man. That foreigner coming in here and just 
Yeah, okay. Uh, you know, actually, um, Idris Elba, I, I saw an episode of the... Because uh, he was on The Office for a couple of episodes. Yeah. His accent, I, I don't know if it was if it was on purpose or... But... Um, and, and I only saw like like 10 minutes of, of, of him... I, I'm not sure if he was meant to be American. He was. He was not. He didn't sound like Stringer Bell. Mm-hmm, is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Stringer Bell's like, like fantastic. I mean, yeah. I thought his accent there was r- r- really terrific. But yeah. uh, on the Office, it's like, eh. maybe he wasn't meant to be. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't yeah, I'm see not him sure. in the Office. Scary as hell, though. <laughs> he was. Oh hell yeah. yeah! I mean, I mean, he's he's a, a person like, like he's like he's physically imposing. Yeah. He's you know he's tall, he's like 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 ripped, and he's got these just like these badass suits on in the office, and he is playing kind of a hard ass. Yeah. Like he's not he's not goofy at all. Yeah, and like like I'm like oh goddamn if I'm yeah. at this Scranton, yeah. paper place, <laughs> yeah. kind of want this guy to show up. Yeah, that dude kind of rolls in. I'm like I am fucked. Yeah, because like we don't Fun do times work are here. over. Yeah. Oh god, yeah, yeah. He was he was intimidating. Yeah. Yeah. No, Tom Holland, do more acting in your in your British accent. Okay. Yeah. All right. On um, Mark Wahlberg, eh, maybe do less acting. <laughs> I like Mark Wahlberg. He's he's fine. Yeah. Uh, he he outacted Antonio Banderas there you go. on Thursday. Oh, oh I know what I was going to add uh, on this. So I read some of the uh, critic reviews because I'd actually uh, Dave Sims from the Atlantic. I'd actually read his piece on it uh, mm-hmm. first, and I saw that the uh, AV Club I think gave it like about a C plus or mm-hmm. something like that, mm-hmm. which I, I could totally yeah, sure. get behind. I could yeah. see. Um, but I read a few of the reviews. Crazy is this, um, this element of, of some of the reviews. So Uncharted was a video game. Okay. Is a video it's game. It's a video game. And some of the reviews, like, the characters, they're not remotely like they are on the video game. And I'm like, really? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't I didn't think y'all play it because I'd never played this. Right. Video this game. game. Yeah. Uh, I'm not a, I'm not a huge gamer, but, but um, uh, by any stretch. But uh, it, it was just weird to me. That that seemed to be a real major beef with a huh. lot of the reviews. That's weird. You know, certain, yeah, I don't know what to to make of that because I think that I mean, heaven knows, James Bond—they've taken all kinds of license with sure. that character relative to the source material. Um, well, and a video game character is going to be like a lot. You know, meaningfully more two-dimensional than even a James Bond character in a book. I, so. I think that's I think that's pretty fair. Yeah, right. Uh, like like Tomb Raider is one where that character in the video game doesn't have tons of, of personality. Yeah. Yeah. right. Um, just you know, anatomically impossible, <laughs> and, sure. that, and that's the, that's most of that's it. Most of it. Yeah. Um, so I'm just trying to recall other instances where that's that's a major gripe. Uh, so because like, they don't care about Bond, right? I mean, you know, Roger Moore you could criticize for other reasons, right? Although I've got a soft spot for him. Mm. But um, if there are elements of the character that speak to who that character actually is, then then okay, sure. Like like Sherlock Holmes, there is a certain type. Like it has to be like this neurodivergent kind of asshole right 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 um but it, and there was another one uh, they were going to make a movie uh or tv show or some shit based on miss marple mm-hmm. the, the agatha christie character sure. and they the producers this didn't happen by the way but, but there had been some some loose talk about that in hollywood and we want kind of a fresh take on this character. We're going to tweak some of the elements of it until mm-hmm. eventually, like, 
Miss Marple, who is like a in her sixties or seventies, she's this, this this you know old uh, old English lady. Yeah. And at one point, it was going to be well. Actually, Miss Marple is going to be in her twenties. Yeah. Be American. I'm not making this yeah. up. She's going to be played by Jennifer Garner. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> and it was like, oh come yeah. on. And that's one where like you could say, all right, we, we've deviated so much from the source from this, material right. that it's something else. Just don't use the name. Right. But, but if the source material is a video game, it's hard to like say that the characters are, are somehow unless again yeah. i mean unless in the video game there's the person is a certain age in a way yeah. that matters or something yeah. it's hard to have too serious a gripe with the, the the video game that they don't have fidelity to the to the depth of the video game character that was the video that was, game yeah that was weird to me yeah. and so i i can only conclude one of a couple of things the sympathetic thing that I can conclude is that apparently film reviewers are loads more into games and they're loyal to the source material yeah. than I thought. Maybe. That feels unlikely. <laughs> but that is a that is a theory that would fit the yeah. facts. The other is, and I, I feel this whenever I read reviews of Star Wars, is critics are making presumptions about audience expectations. Okay. I think. Okay. <laughs> So they're saying like, oh gosh, that really deviates from 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 what the video game is, and I don't know how people are going to take. Yeah, and like I I never played the video game, so I didn't give a shit. To me, these were brand new characters; they were fine. Yeah, I'm not saying they were you know fully fleshed out or all that complicated, but probably more fleshed out than the game. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, Yeah, so like they were fine. Like you know, you know, I think that they're just making assumptions about audience expectations, which is why I think that. The Star Wars sequels, like the last, you know, you know, the third trilogy, critics, and you can read the reviews. Right. There's something here for fans to enjoy. You right. you will actually see phrases like that. Like, watch it as a fucking movie. Don't worry about what somebody what else thinks of enjoy, it. Right? What do you think? And and I I think that those movies sucked. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought the prequels were, you know, diminishing returns. Uh, whatever. We don't need to keep, uh, we've keep going here. No, yeah. And 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 the prequels, I think. Eventually, people loved taking a shit on him because <laughs> Phantom Menace, despite the fact that everybody saw that fucking movie yeah. that summer. It was, Very it was popular. Like, yep. Yeah, it was extremely popular. Um, it wasn't – there was enough of a backlash that by the time that uh, Revenge of the Sith came around, like, critics are just going to shit on it because right. they're like, like, oh, there's just you – yeah, know, you know, Lucas to, yeah. is uh, off the rails yeah, yeah, and, so and whatever. sort of pipe dream, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Meanwhile, I mean, if you're if if you're David Lynch or something like that, I'm going to name check him again. But if you're David Lynch, you can just do all sorts of like bananas stuff and like, oh, it's a bold experiment. And <laughs> I get it that those are two different right. kinds of movie, but <sighs> critics, I don't know, man. Yeah, well, you know, they're just they're just people. <laughs> yeah. They're trying to trying to get people to read their shit. So you know, they don't necessarily. No, no, no. Have some fucking integrity, and and also yeah. just. Um... <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say they're not necessarily yeah. experts, but I mean they're meant to be experts. They're meant to be That's experts. That's why they're exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. and and um, I'm I'm particularly focused on certain genre films, like, and I think this is why a lot of the Disney Plus TV shows are getting more of a pass than they than they, they ought deserve. To. Yeah, there's a presumption. That there's a rabid fan base that, that can't wait it, to see a yeah a youth that is not very discriminating. Yeah. Yes, I think there is a presumption that the, I think there is yeah. a fan base that is not very discriminating. I don't think it's as large as people think it is. Mm. I, I'm here saying the emperor wears no clothes on some of this shit. Yeah, it's weird though because like the, a lot of the what's interesting 
to me is like the a lot of this a lot of the money that they make from the characters yeah. and the the new Star Wars stuff is like marketed to kids that to children like young children sure. that don't like I mean I can't tell you the number of uh whatever that fucking Yoda doll's name is Grogu Gorgu it doesn't matter yeah how many like and it's Grogu. things of with that like yeah branding sure exist at yeah. school among kindergartners kids that definitely have not seen yeah. the movie so it's like i think that they are presupposing a fan base that's not necessarily interested in the actual thing this is consistent with what i just said yeah let me maybe let, it is well what i said is the rabid fan base is not as large perhaps as people think it is the audience of children from like five to twelve it's not as large as the audience of adults between like 19 and 40. Yeah, fair. But the, yeah. I also said that they were not terribly discriminating. And if I'm 10 years old, I'm watching all kinds of shit. As long as uh, I get lasers and pew pew and spaceships. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if the presumption is this television show is something that a 10-year-old child would watch because they can recognize a lot of things, what's going on. This is not high praise. No, it's not. It's not. The Disney <laughs> stuff, the, the Disney Star Wars stuff is. Yeah. 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 And definitely there's going we don't to be. need to talk about Boba Fett again. But Yeah, yeah. yeah. Fuck Boba Fett. Um, oh God. Yeah, the first two issues, first two episodes, I was, I was, I was with him, man. Mm. It's like, this is really cool. The sand people shit. I thought that was fun. The, you know, the train thing, I didn't even mind because Firefly has made me accept the idea that you can have. You, you know, 19th century Steampunk public future. transport. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I know what it's because uh, I to watch Firefly with the kids. Yeah, we do. We yeah. do. And, and Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah. I get it. Like Joss Whedon's like now, uh, you know, widely regarded as a piece of shit. He made some real good TV yeah, folks. I'm, I'm fine with those shows. Yeah, those, those shows yeah. were really terrific. Uh, uh, really fantastic stuff. So we are discriminating fans. We are discriminating fans. Yes. Uh, Uncharted was not that bad. Um, and the end of the film, spoilers, they, they weren't pirate ships. They were, uh, ships, uh, Magellan's, uh, uh, ships that were haul, being hauled by helicopters. And it was the kind of batshit image <laughs> that I can absolutely get behind. Yeah. Honestly. That alone, that that takes it from a C, C plus to B minus. To B minus, yeah. Okay? okay. That that was like the extra credit that gives it the nudge, and to see um, like Tom Holland uh, swinging through the rigging on this rope, and like with a sword, it's like like that's cool, <laughs> okay? <laughs> because it's taking place in the air. Uh, so for the end, these ships, and again, well, you've already been spoiled. These yeah. ships are, are are like in a cave, and at the end, I'm like this is. This is fucking Goonies, right? Yeah. This is how this movie ends. Uh, that that's one I Jack's share, whatever. But then they're like, okay, you know what? We can't end it like this because it's it's the fucking Goonies, and we can't, you know, we can't have uh, you know that weird dude say, hey, you guys, and swing. We need something additional. <laughs> one more thing. And yeah. Bang! Nailed it. Yeah. Yeah. Similar to like the end of Jumanji: Next Level, where where you got this like awesome steampunk shit happening. Yeah. Uh, but this isn't even steampunk. This is like like you know what? Fuck it. We're going to have the boats flying through the air while people fight on them. Why not? Awesome. Awesome. No 10-year-old is going to come up with that. 
Yeah. Anyway. All right. I think we're... Is that it? Do you have anything else? I don't have anything else. I got nothing else to add. signing off. We'll see you next week. See ya. Thank you for listening to The X-Men Files. We are available on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. If you listen, please rate us. If you want to drop us a note, you can reach us via email at cerebro at xmenfiles.com. You can also check out our website, xmenfiles.com. Our theme music is Invasion to Space Frog by Checky Brown. That music available under a Creative Commons license. Everything else was written, produced, and performed by Brian and Inessa. <laughs>